Welcome. To Arcade Audio. This week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is my beautiful husband and your other host, Chris Mullet. Are you shaking head of yourself? I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> Did I say the right thing? You just what? Did I die? I must said something I could never take back. <laughs> I was like, you almost called me and I'm I just would have bleeped it. <laughs> You don't want to do that much editing. No, nope. no, 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 no. This should be cr- pretty clear cut. Well, I don't know. We have some things to discuss and tackle on, on this one. If you're new, every single week uh, we watch a random movie from our massive movie collection. We talk about our lives. We talk about the world. We're recording this the same day as last week's episode, January 20th, 2021, because uh, from when we're recording this, the next week and a half, two weeks of our lives are going to be pretty crazy and hectic. So let's knock this out while we can. Part of the reason why it's going to be hectic is from when you are hearing this potentially for the first time, because we air every single Thursday on the Arcade Audio Network of Shows and wherever you get your podcasts, we are four days, no, three days away from the 2021 Royal Rumble. My favorite day of the year. My least favorite day of the year. Better than Christmas. Better than my birthday. Better than the day my daughter was born. Better than the day you we can't met. Take any of better these back. than the day we got married. You can't Every take year, any of these back. thirty men and now thirty women enter the Sometimes ring more. on regularly scheduled interval intervals. Thank God that's not on the back of the box. Mm. If it is, and we have a massive drinking game to it. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It is the greatest day every year of my life. It's the worst day of mine. Well, because normally you're just bad at random draws. As evidenced by you picking the fan last week. And normally, uh, past few years, we had our wrestling podcast marathon, Pod Slam, that would allow me to nominate two wrestling movies to commemorate the occasion. Uh, we didn't do that uh, this past year because of COVID and, and the retirements of myself and Rich running the event. So didn't get to do a wrestling movie nomination go around, so I made sure to do it here for the Rumble season. Uh, because we watched the 80s comedy, quote-unquote, Body Slam. Samantha, before we get into today's movie, because we don't really have anything else to discuss beforehand, because we, we discussed it all last week's it. episode, mm-hmm. we haven't watched any other movies in the past five minutes. We what is your favorite Royal Rumble memory? I mean, I have so many. Like, actual event Things or things that happened to me personally during Royal uh, Rumble events. Uh, personal, personal stories. What? Closed a ring, baby. But you've been sitting here. How have you been closing a ring? Because I've been talking and it burns calories. That's so why I said you should get an apple. If watch. you could burn calories talking, you should be six pounds. <laughs> Told you that's why you should get an apple watch because it burned the calories. That's how large your mouth is. The watch knows you're burning calories by talking. It's because I'm moving around. My heart's racing. Oh, God. Excited. Get every Italian an Apple Watch. <laughs> they talk with their hands a lot. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, from I the game. It. So, the Royal Rumble drinking game started in 2008. <clears throat> uh, with, uh, How did I let that happen? I was taking a shit, and I was like, the Rumble's coming up. I want to drink to it. Let's make a game. You weren't a part of it. It was just me, Rich, and. Uh, yeah, I know, but then you kept angry. doing it, and I was just like, yeah. ah, all right, fine. I'll be a good girlfriend. Yeah. And now every single year. Because I wanted that ring. This year, you said you you said you retired uh, last year. No, I you said, said I retired year. four years ago because I was trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, it'll be the last. And time every year ring. since you've come back, it's been you uh, abysmal some, for you. No, it's been abysmal for me because I don't know why you. So last week, 
<clears throat> on our episode when we talked about his girl Friday, we talked about Cary Grant and how much of a charismatic douchebag he was. Like, that's your MO. You're such a charismatic douchebag that when you tell me, oh, but then it'll just be me and Augie, because... I've never said that, number one. It'll just be me and Augie, and we'll have to drink so much. Can't you just... Just do it. It's okay. No, because here's... I know that's not the case, because yeah, here's the problem. Yeah, it's 100% the case. You are an obnoxious drunk. I'm not that... I pass out most of the time. I'm not obnoxious. Scratch that. You are an obnoxious human being. Well, yes. Ever, yes, that's accurate. And when I'm alcohol obnoxious. is involved... What was it's that? from Finding Nemo. It's one of the fish. That was for Juan. Great. It's amplified. Particularly, I don't know why you're getting worse. Because you don't drink that much anymore. So when you do have like two beers in 30 minutes, it's like you, you're Eddie Van Halen in is 1984. This, are we recording an episode of the podcast or is this like an intervention? Because oh, sorry. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. So... Yeah, I don't know so where you're, we were. So in the you're conversation talk, after that proud so you're meeting. Talk about how I act when I've had alcohol in my system. So this week's episode is the 80s comedy body slam. No, 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 and then you have no control mullet who just barfs everywhere. That's different. How is it different? It'd be different if you've only done it once. Like that time Rich threw up on the side of our house. It's but... happened to me twice. <laughs> okay. It has. What was the other the other times? The time on the cruise and the time like two months ago. <laughs> when else has it ever happened? Seriously. Tell me. Those are twice in the last four years, bro. You're in your okay. 30s, man. Yeah, that's fine. So I've been twice in 34 years. Yeah, but when you were in your 30s. So? How many times did you see me puke? From from alcohol, not from Once. like... Yeah, exactly. In 34 years? Oh, my God. So I did Grow it one up. more time. Grow up. God. Liquor. You weren't alive. You weren't alive. You weren't around when I did it like three or four times before you were around. So it's fine. I probably... I Honestly, on the count of one hand, I could probably eat those two times. Uh, that time in Jacksonville. That time at my parents' house when they weren't there. Uh, yeah, I think that's I've preached four times from alcohol my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also, this one barely counts. Uh, WrestleMania weekend in New York because I hadn't had anything to eat. Except, except a Whopper. Except a Whopper. Mm-hmm. And I went and had way too much beer. And I perfectly puked into one of Tope's glasses. Went, threw it down the sink right away, cleaned everything up, and everything was fine. Uh-huh. That's it. I Are think. you sure? If you're listening to this and you remember another time I threw up, hit me up uh, at your host mullet on uh, Twitter and let me know when you remember me puking. Rich, I hope... Oh, Rich is going to listen. Fucking body slam. Rich is going to listen to this fucking episode. Fuck. Uh, it's okay. We already aired his dirty laundry. I don't remember any other times. But hopefully that was it. Well, we took up all the time spent you telling your favorite Royal Rumble memory, so let's talk about Body Slam. No, I didn't tell my favorite Royal Rumble memory. What's your favorite Royal Rumble memory? You have like 30 seconds. I was asking if it was a personal one for me. I or... answered that already. I wasn't right to you. Not from the fucking match, from the game and hanging out with our friends. Uh, the time that you you were the... You drew the winner. I think that was my favorite. Because I got to watch you suffer. But then I also drew the winner the same night. So yeah. it was a great night for the mullets. Mm-hmm. But I had to do five minutes of planking afterwards. I mean, that was before you started working out, so... I could do it now. Well, yeah. I know you could do it now. Because you work out yeah. regularly. And you were on that weird workout routine where you would plank for like... 10 minutes in the living room. It was really wasn't that, strange. It wasn't that much. It was like a couple minutes. I would have to do it like in the span of like two minutes or like two like intervals. But yeah, before, it was just really It was like weird. every 30 seconds, my back hurt. Hey, Michael Witten, go fuck yourself. <laughs> What's your favorite Royal Rumble oh, memory? There's too many. Uh, 
Oh, no. My other favorite Royal Rumble memory is uh, 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 Tope eating spicy pickles. Yeah, that's up there. If I had to just, like, like rapid-fire them real quick, uh, Rich almost chugging a beer with his wiener. Uh, Michael, <laughs> that was great. Michael Witten laying in the middle of my living room uh-huh. when Triple H won the Rumble, and he yeah. personally drew Triple oh, H. Oh, I like that time when you wore 17 shirts. 17. That wasn't the Rumble match itself. That was at the Rumble event for CM Punk. I'm just talking about the match itself. Mm. Uh, the night Ali Ali Sweeney just randomly got Anderson. Ali Sweeney Anderson uh, just got irrationally mad at all Asian people. Um, uh, da, 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 da. When Tope drew his favorite wrestler in the Rumble and had to do spicy pickles, that was one. Um, yeah, that's every time you've had Roman Reigns, all fun times. Oh, how about the time that we? It wasn't a Royal Rumble event. It was when we were just like bullshitting doing other things and I had abyss when he broke Kane's record and that was right after I had Kane when he set the fucking record. All doesn't but Yeah, those don't count? Yeah, yeah. great. You're just complaining. I have every right to complain, Chris. I'm a hundred pounds less than you. Body slam then. Uh Alright. That's okay. Mmm. <laughs> Hmm. To be fair. What? To be fair what? To be fair what? That was me. Uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, fuck. Let's get through this. No, no. Finish what you were going to say, babe. Come on. What was it? Hmm? I was you heavier. Were... So I'm the one that's When were you heavier? that up when I was saying that joke from I just got drunk all of a sudden just from talking about the rumble uh-huh. and thinking of you uh-huh. putting a pillow over my face after we're done with this it's a long intro we need to get into body slam body slam 80's mm-hmm. comedy classic mm-hmm. quote unquote directed by Hal Needham the guy that did Smokey and the Bandit mm-hmm. and a lot of other Burt Reynolds movies at the time Cannonball Run mm-hmm. uh, this is the MGM limited edition collection uh uh, true story, the one you came closer to me for, <laughs> smack me. Uh, when we watch this movie, the very first thing that happens, even before like the studio logo, mm-hmm. was the screen says, this movie has been manufactured in the best condition possible. <laughs> so I was like, are there going to be things missing? And I think I kind of know what it means. So this DVD has a very, very crude packaging to it yep and the back of it just has one sentence sure does a rock and roll wrestling comedy with an unscrupulous music promoter ah (laughs) tits i was (laughs) unscrupulous i'm like oh come on latching onto wrestling as his meal ticket that's one out of one fucking sentence that blows my ass serves you right so now i'm up fucker (laughs) now i'm up four no, 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 because that last one was three. Up. Never mind, I'm up five still. Because I went back up six, right? I'm up five in our yes. Every 50 Reading Challenge. Fantastic. So this movie used to be on Comedy Central all the time when I was a kid. And I probably caught it the first time when I was like seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. Will you stop? I'm not doing anything. Uh, oh, God. Uh, oh, there's still part of that burp coming out. Mm-hmm. So I used to watch it all the time. But I like the first time I saw it, I was like, what is this? It's a movie about wrestling? Because in like in the 90s, there was no holds barred and that was it. Like there wasn't anything else that was about wrestling. And then I see like, oh my god, that's Roddy Piper. Piper. That's oh, Roddy- good thing his name wasn't on the back of the box either. You're a fucking asshole. It serves you right, you motherfucker. In your stupid long sleeve shirt with your sleeves rolled up. Why are you laughing? What's wrong with you? Can you not breathe? Get it together. Man up. There's nothing funnier to me than making fun of somebody for for something that's just a fact. And it's not like, yeah, you sit over there with your fucking shoes on. (laughs) Your feet. So you just be wearing a long sleeve shirt and it was hot, so I rolled my sleeves up. What's wrong with that? Nothing. No, you do you, buddy. You do you, bud. 
Um, where the fuck were we? So I saw Roddy Piper. I saw the Barbarian. I saw um, I saw uh, Tonga Kid, Captain Lou, Ric Flair, and I was like, Oh my god, why have I never seen this? And it was like literally on all the time, and I loved it. And like then over you time, watched it thirty years later, and uh, true story. Uh, but like then, like once I got into the internet and saw like you know like YouTube channels or WrestleCrap.com, which I've talked about before, um, like the very worst of wrestling like videos mm-hmm. and and like websites going into things, like this movie always comes up, and I'm I like, wonder why. And I'm like, oh, like really? And then I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it does not age well. It, it for in a so lot many of different, different ways. Re- ways. Yeah, yeah, for many reasons. It is so, and then when you read a little backstory into it, like the like apparently, like I don't know if it was the attorneys or the lawyers or like somebody was like holding like the script up what was it uh the director had arguments with the pair that produced and wrote the film regarding his changes to the script resulting in lawsuits that delayed the film's release so it was never released theatrically it was only direct to video and it was Hal Needham's uh, final film um yeah and uh, Dirk Benedict got into a fight with one of the producers over it and like seemed to be this pretty contentious product and like sometimes you read that and like it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't yeah, it makes sense here. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is just a befuddling movie to watch. It largely makes no sense. It goes to and from like like I don't I like it's it'd be hard for me to describe. It just jumps around so much and there's a particular part where something is happening and then it cuts to another scene. And we were both confused. Like, did did we miss a scene? Like, what's happened? Like, ha- like they don't have like a montage in there or anything like that. It the just main character, the main character, Dirk Benedict's character, this greaseball, unscrupulous music promoter, <laughs> uh, you know, falls into like the rock and wrestling connection, and uh, is trying to win back his love interest, who they've shown zero chemistry together, and it was just went to go, like, to a Sonic to get some burgers and had their car tipped over afterwards, and that's the, the extent of their relationship. Well, hey, that before he ruins together. Before he ruins her uh, politician family's fundraiser, he, like, like, tries to win her back by delivering flowers and, like, sneaking into her house, and they, like, coyly go on their family's elevator to avoid the family, and the next scene, they're, like, kissing on the pier, and it's like, like he just like, he won her back? Like, right. what the hell? The scene transitions and the pacing and the sound volume and the dubbing Bad. are all bushly. Bad. All cheap and poorly done mm-hmm. that immediately shows you how like thrown together and what an afterthought it was. And then you throw into the mix just the story about Dirk Benedict being the slime ball who mm-hmm. really doesn't have anything happen that At to all. change him. At all. Except like his friends get beat up and that causes him to have a change of heart, but even him having a change of heart is still him like kind of doing the same thing. Doing the same thing but with better intentions. With better intentions and still like and and finally results. Yeah. Um reaching the top of the the music in wrestling world. In a span of three months, just by running some shitty shows and some dive bars and getting the cover of Rolling Stone, makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening at home, that should been that should make perfect Done. sense to you. Done. It's it's hard to suspend disbelief. So here's the other problem: this movie came out in the mid '80s. What? <laughs> here's the other problem: <laughs> um, it came out in the mid '80s, and it's a wrestling movie. So the movie has to treat professional wrestling as if it is 100% legitimate. Right, because kayfabe... Because kayfabe was still a thing. How? I have no idea. When you have barbarians and Mongols and cannibals and whatever else. Let me tell you something that I've discovered Mm -hmm. over my, you know, almost 14 years of, of having wrestling. Sure. 
as a prominent uh, thing in my life, wrestling fans are dumb. <laughs> they are. Also, wrestlers are dumb, which this movie shows in that these wrestlers, Tonga Tom and, and Quick Rick, are basically getting, like, swindled almost, and it ends up being okay, but, you know, they just kind of sign away whatever to this guy that everyone in town knows is it, is it, the shits. Yeah, is unreliable... Uh, uh, God, I have so hustler. many notes. I have hardly any. Oh, I have so many notes. I. So you didn't like the movie, correct? Correct. Was there anything that you did like about the movie? Uh, I liked the wrestlers. The wrestlers are the best part of the, the movie. The wrestlers are the best part, and I like. So I've. This movie came out in what year? 86, I think. Okay, so 30 years ago. I only know Roddy Piper or in mm-hmm. the last, you know, before he, he passed, his, in what I saw on television of him, right? So seeing him here, like, in his, like, prime, mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool. I thought he was really charismatic, and I know why. He's, He's great. He's so popular as a wrestler. And he is... As a person. It might be close. No, I don't think it's close. If you're making a Mount Rushmore of wrestling actors, he was the first face chiseled. Because like, he really... They Live is a sci-fi classic yeah. that came out after this. Um... I'm sure John Carpenter didn't watch this and go, yeah, that guy. He watched like Roddy Piper promos, sure. but you have Batista, you have Dwayne Johnson, John Cena, John Cena. Now I think would be on there. Would be I, on there I with his. The, I think the fourth girls. is still Piper. I, I mean, he's natural. He has great energy. I, yeah, I just thought I just liked watching him. It's it, especially in the middle of all this shit. Yeah, like he's natural. I mean, sure, he's being a wrestler, but if you know the Roddy Piper character. He can be incredibly over the top. In my right. retro wrestling diary I'm doing right now, arcadeo.net says podbloggle, uh, I just finished watching 1990 through 92. Right, where he's I at the height of his, like, he is hot rod. Oh, he is hot batshit. He's on commentary saying the craziest things. He's cutting promos. And one minute he's talking about, talking about, about commentary. he's talking about wet dreams and, like, like, all this, like, nonsense. He has no filter. He's coked out of his mind. Um... So like yeah. so him being like kind of like subdued but still like a little nutty in this is great. Yeah. Tonga Tom is one of the biggest for me what ifs in the history of professional wrestling. He you had a pop 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 blog on that. Fuck <laughs> you. He had all the tools it took, especially the the family lineage. After the movie, we spent twenty minutes trying to connect the dots of the Anawai family tree. I mean, to help so describe to Samantha who Tonga Tom was in the scope of everything. He so is the he, twin. I'm going to, if you say anything, you're going to mess me up. He is the twin brother of Rikishi. He is the nephew of the other two Samoans that are in this movie. Who Apa are not twins. And Sika, the wild Samoans who are not twins, you racist piece of shit. No, they just looked, they looked like He twins. is the father of, uh, as a press time, MLW heavyweight champion, Jacob Fatu. And he is cousins with every other professional wrestler that's Samoan ever. Namely, uh, Yokozuna. Um, and now I just forgot everything. He's <laughs> the really... Rock to uh, Umaga, The Rock, all of them. Uh, but for, yeah, for his time in the mid-80s, the late 80s, you know... Sure, he was part of the Islanders with Haku and was still kind of doing, like, the native-type gimmick. But he was so charismatic. He was so athletic. He had a great look. He had some cool moves. And unfortunately, you know, all those other Samoan wrestlers I talked about are infinitely more famous and had more success in the wrestling business he did because he unfortunately would end up having some demons he was could be difficult to work with and jumped around from company to company he went from wwf to wcw and then kind of just disappeared on the national scene and never really like came back um but like i remember his kid being like yo tama is awesome Mm -hmm. and he just kind of never like became anything and the only way i ever really remembered him is from fucking body slam Uh, he's not the best actor, but he's you, you're captivated by watching him. Uh, Captain Lou Albano should be in every movie. With with his with his cheek ring. 
so first of all, show some respect. That's Rich's grandfather's college roommate. Um, Is that a legitimate fact? Yeah, how many times? You've never heard Rich say this every time you've met him? That's how he introduces himself to people. Uh, no, I met him before y'all discovered you liked wrestling. Remember? I think he still was doing that. Hi, I'm Rich Camelucci, my grandfather's roommate with Captain Lil' Bano. Um, you gotta love that somebody is such a unique individual and character that mm. when they cast you in a movie, the only thing they change about you is kind of your last name. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is Captain Lou Morano in this. And he is Captain Lou Albano in real life. His outfit, the same. The 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 stapled rubber bands, the same. His cheek ear, his cheek ring. That, that's him. But you know what? That him was like. Let me tell you. Oh God. Who? <laughs> Did you just have a heart call attack? Call the call the police. <laughs> like like, but let me. They tell didn't. You, he said like Joe Pesci and and those, Home Alone on those, like hooked up to a car battery. Those surface piercings are real popular now. Trendsetter. He was a trendsetter. There's all those people. They get that Marilyn Monroe piercing. You know. I'm not using hyperbole here. Captain Lou is almost as integral to the popularity of wrestling in the 80s as Hulk Hogan. Because Captain Lou was starting to come into the mainstream already at this point because he was in the Cyndi Lauper Girls Just Want to Have Fun music video. Really? Yes. So You're the expert, so I'm going to believe so, anything so you tell So the me. Cliff Notes version of this, and kind of like what this movie is blatantly stealing off of, is... The WWF in nineteen ninety, in nineteen eighty four and eighty five, and that uh, when Hulk Hogan was given you know the championship, Vince McMahon utilized MTV as a new platform and utilized pop culture to like bring celebrities into wrestling. Say what you will, to He's really smart, sure to like enter the mainstream. He gets it. Uh, Cindy Lauper's manager david wolf whose name dropped in the movie uh, at one point mm-hmm. was a big wrestling fan and suggested to cindy lopper that for her music video her dad would be captain lou albano they, they, he would get some name recognition so they cross-promoted that and brought her in and captain lou who'd been a bad guy manager like he is in this movie for like 20 30 years this notorious manager was turned into a good guy through Cindy Lauper, like showing like, oh, he's not a bad guy, and like we're gonna give him this gold record, and Roddy Piper being the villain coming in and saying like this is trash, we're not you know going around rock and roll. Cindy Lauper's music's about masturbation and beating up Captain Lou and throwing Cindy Lauper on the mat, and that sets up Mr. T and WrestleMania and everything else. So if you don't have Captain Lou with the Cindy Lauper connection, you don't get like WrestleMania. Like, you don't connect the dots to get there as easily as you do. And then, of course, he would go on to be Super Mario and the Super Mario animated show and, you know, kind of be a, a pop culture icon, for lack yeah. of a better term. Um, and in this, he's just, like... He's the, just having fun. He's, so, he's having so much fun and he's just crazy. He's insane. But, like, him being a bad guy wrestling manager and just cutting promos angrily is like, yeah! Yeah! That's exactly what I want to see in this movie. I don't want to see shitty lawyers and shitty models and little and shitty A team actors and, and little people. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're not there words. yet. And Asian stereotypes. So let's quickly go through all the bad things in this movie as quickly as possible. Okay. It exists. Number one. Uh, number two. Uh, we already talked about a a lead character that is extremely unlikable. The first 10 minutes of the movie are just him showing being a bum and in my notes before last week I have a shyster. Um which I will no longer say from this moment on. I mean, you could say it. I just cuz it's German. I didn't have any hand symbols with it. It's fine. Um <laughs> that one. Let's talk about the other one. German say um, three. So, like, the scene where he, like, steals a car from Gomez Adams, essentially. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, like, you know, just setting up, like, okay, we get it. And like, then and then you have to have... it. everyone off. Yeah. And then an Asian, she has a, a loan from the Korean bank, which he keeps thinking is a Chinese or Japanese bank. And every time the character walks into a scene, a gong goes off. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is this is the 80s. We were still stuck in this. Yeah. Cool seeing Roman Reigns' dad uh, have no lines and rip up some cars. That's always always cool. Um, and then you have, so the bad wrestler actors are the cannibals. 
that are just... You mean those over... Bless you. <laughs> Fuck you! Those over-exaggerated facial expressions didn't do it for you? And also, so... And I couldn't understand what they said. How the, did they have accents? So the barbarian is like Tongan. He's not Samoan, but I know the barbarian has like some kind of like an accent. But he doesn't have like the accent like this. I don't know what it was. Like, it's really weird. Like, he was like... Was that like, the character you were trying to remember to do last No, week? he was like aggressively, angrily deaf. And then the other guy who my entire life, life I thought was his real life tag team partner in the powers of pain, the warlord, but was instead just some other mohawked, beefy man who in real life in wrestling always portrayed an Asian character when he was blatantly from like Minnesota was even worse. Like I couldn't tell if they were dubbed or not. Like their their, asking the wrong person. their voice patterns know. and their volume are so poorly done that they could legitimately speaking and it seems like like a, a Godzilla movie is happening. <laughs> uh, so like they're bad. Um, then like the wrestling scenes themselves are not great. Uh, at least for the ones that don't involve those four people we've already mentioned, the cannibals and, and Roddy Piper and, and Tom Yeah, Tonga. like when they were wrestling, like the, the... The mask guys or the fat dudes later on. The fat, yeah. Because they just didn't get wrestlers. Like, just get wrestlers to do right. it. At one point, one of the mask guys hits the ropes, and he, like, he hits the ropes with, like, his stomach, and it's like, you could have killed yourself. You have to hit the ropes. Or, like, like, you're a professional movie. Get some guys to know how to... Couldn't Roddy Piper call... Uh, fucking Rick Martel for a day? Well, they had Bruno San Martino and Freddie Blase. Well, they, they were pretty Blase. Freddie Blase. We'll get to them in a minute. Well, like, they had professional wrestlers sitting down in a crowd. And then standing up and awkwardly dancing. Bruno San Martino kind of dances in this movie. I know I said this movie sucks. I take it all back. <laughs> you know, Sam's, I got to be honest. It's been a while since I've done my Bruno San Martino. I didn't even know that you had this impression. It doesn't come around much often. All that it is, is your voices don't know the, the volumes, and you awkwardly add the plurals to thing. That is it. <laughs> this, my, <laughs> this, is also ro this is also Robot Rusev's <laughs> goodbyes. <laughs> oh my god. What, the, what just happened? Um, so the wrestling scenes are a disappointment because, like, th like they're just poorly choreographed, which is shocking because Hal Needham is a renowned stunt director and did Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run and Stroke Race. Like, he is known as a, a, a stunt coordinator before even a movie director. And you have real wrestlers working on the movie. Um, Charles Nelson Riley. I love Charles Nelson Riley. Do not talk badly about him. So, he is amazing. Charles Nelson Riley in this movie plays uh, like he a himself. Uh, yeah, he's himself. A sports okay. TV host. Like I'm no. So, sorry. so Charles Nelson Riley in this movie is portraying Will Ferrell, portraying Charles Nelson Riley. Look, I love game shows, and I. There was a time when all I would have on my television was the Game Show Network, mm -hmm. and I loved it, and I would especially love to watch the match game, the old one, with Charles Nelson Riley on it, and he always, like, direct line to my funny bone. Like, I love him. He, I think he's so funny, and he was so ahead of his time, but I was shocked that he let some of these things happen in front of him. Them saying the F word. All right, so we're at the point. Back and forth. So, Billy Barty is in this movie. Little midget. Hey, whoa! I can say it if he can say. No, you're not. That's if, a, he can, if if somebody unlocks a slur, it's not like you can then use the slur against them, Samantha. That's no, not how it works. It's a different slur. I'm saying it because he used a slur against other people, and I'm giving him a taste of his own medicine. He doesn't like it, so, so he shouldn't say slurs. So I'm sure it wasn't his idea. Uh huh. It, it, looking it at him, it probably was. So Harry goes on Wrestle Talk or Ring Talk to like advertise his boys as like the hot new manager, and Captain Lou is there, and then uh, Billy Barty plays like this little person uh, manager, and they're both like being mean to Harry, and they're calling him like sissies or whatever, and then at three different points he like mutters calling Harry Similac the f word, and it's like 
Not fuck. No, like the 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 offensive homosexual slur, which I don't feel like saying. And well, we don't say. And because it's offensive. Up to that point, like sure, there's been some cursing, but like it hasn't been anything too bad. No. And I guess also because it's the '80s, like I'm sure that was just like oh, just like saying damn or heck or sure, hell or sure. whatever. Yeah, it it did not have as much of a. It stigma, happened the first time, and I turned to him. I was understand. like, I turned to him. I was like, did you just say that word? Yeah. You're like, yeah. And then he says it again quickly. Then he says it again. Then they show the crowd. Mind you, the crowd that's watching this in the studio includes bikers, nuns, other little people in regular clothing, and just a mix of odd, of odd sorts of fellows. And the crowd has signs. And there is a little person in the front row that's holding up a sign that says the word in capital letters. All caps. All caps. And it's like, what is this movie's obsession with little people? Calling people the F word. So that takes you out of it. Yeah, it was. It does not age well. Uh, the chemistry of the lead actors. Uh, by by lead actors, no. the, the female is in it like three scenes. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that they're the leads. I I mean I. I yeah, guess. Dirk Benedict is the lead, and that's part of the problem of the movie is that I don't think he it, does a bad job at being the character. But the character is just so goddamn unlikable that right. it's taxing to watch him scene after scene. I agree. Shuck uh, and jive and swindle I people. I agree, hundred percent. Like it's just so hard to watch. And he's just doing the job that he was, you know, given to do. Um, it's also kind of not funny, but ironic that we're watching this movie when we did. Uh, the lead actress Tanya Roberts does that name ring a bell to you? Should it? Uh, recently it should. That is the actress that hit the news for dying, and then her publicist saying, oh, whoops, sorry, she's not dead. And then she died. And then she was actually dead. <laughs> so that's her. That just happened, like, last week. Ah. So that's her. Did they watch this movie when they announced that <laughs> she died? I don't know. Um, because she was so flat in this movie, that's what I... <laughs> in one way, if you know what I mean. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Uh, she is my LVP of the movie, by the oh, way. Yeah, 100%. That first scene. Oh, oh she's thank bad. Thank you. Yeah. She, he opens the door for the at the pool. Yeah. Whatever. Oh. Yeah, she's very bad. Oh. I, I know it seems Ugh. like sometimes we dump on like the lead actresses of things, and that could yeah, be. Yeah, maybe because they're bad. That, <laughs> that could be because the roles are underwritten. No, in this case, she is just. She's just a bad actress. She's got the charisma of a can of fucking tuna fish. Yeah, how'd she still have a publicist this many years later? Uh, she's like a Bond girl, so she probably did like con appearances and shit at least. Um. Yeah, but... Then they waste famous Laker as announcer Chick Hearn. God damn it, Chick. It's all right, buddy. Um, there's... Uh, let me go through all my negative notes before I go back to any of the other things. Uh, we talked about how scenes jump and time yeah, yeah, is distorted. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. So, basically, from the time Harry comes up with the rock and wrestling idea, and mm -hmm. you see the first show in like, that podunk like armory... Mm -hmm. With like the, the overall guys. Then in the span of five minutes, they're getting interviewed and are on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yes. <laughs> and it's Isn't all just, all the details of how any of this happens are just totally glossed over. Mm -hmm. Because fuck you wrestling fans are watching this. They don't they care. Don't fuck. They're not paying attention. Nope. And that's such a slap in the face to most of them. <laughs> uh... Also, like, I guess I never really noticed, like, the rock and wrestling stuff literally takes place over the last, like, 15% of the movie. Yeah. Like, we are an hour in before any of it happens. We have to go through this whole bullshit political backplot and this stupid fundraiser setup that he's obviously swindling people into thinking that Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand are going to be there. Yeah. Um, which I don't remember. I didn't remember that scene. That scene is actually kind of funny for the band that he has, Kick. Coming out in their Kick. face paint, jumping through like the uh, like the poster of the candidate and like yeah, all the pyro and the yeah. shock reaction. There are a couple legitimate funny scenes in the movie. There's a good payoff with the the cards getting demolished at the end with rule of threes. That's just me uh, oh. kicking the box on accident. Um, no, where Harry uh, has Captain Lou's car demolished by the the Samoans after mm -hmm. his previous two cars were were beat up. So that's a nice payoff. Um, 
the the beatdown scene where like like they get into the hospital and they're like they're bloody like it's really oddly done like there's some decent moments and it shows like the violence that wrestling could have but then also they're like kind of playing it up for laps because Harry's dressed up like a woman hiding out like Roddy Piper's making funny faces with like the chain tied around his neck yeah and it's treated as like a full shoot again like wrestling had to be like treated as legitimate right because well, of the times right and i read and i read uh doing research on this movie that the people who were watching were fans and were annoyed because they had to shoot the scene multiple times because it's mm-hmm. a movie and they got were getting annoyed that it was fake and like yeah. that they would that they that they would hold back on their punches and stuff like that so they stage that big ass brawl to make it seem like it was real and, and get that back into wrestling and I was like mm-hmm. I just think that that's so crazy was an odd time also I'm shocked how did Vince McMahon not have rock and wrestling like copyrighted to where like they couldn't use it and call it something else like music slam or something like I don't know uh by the way uh so you pointed out I believe at the end of the movie or at least at least at two different points in the movie that they made a, a song for this. I don't know if they did because there are three different songs in this movie that all feature the word body slam in it. Cool. The one I will hear two of them. <laughs> you're damn right. The first one you heard is the one that like basically the one thing I remembered about the movie is the opening song, the da 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 body, body, da body, body. And then like it just turns into another three and a half minute song. <laughs> Not about body slamming at all. It's just some shitty synth eighties fucking pop mm-hmm. pump fucking fucking song um but yeah right before the main event fight like the car payoff and then captain lou like getting out of his car and going through a crowd of people and just muttering the whole time through yeah. it he made me laugh so fucking hard and then the samoans are, are pulled up on the back of the korean guy's car it's so like funny. what is going on here um it was like outrageous. It, it's it's outrageous, but so and then that's not even the most outrageous part. So we get to the main event, right? And this is such a big event. The politicians are now there supporting everything because it's like the hottest thing in entertainment. And it shows you the wrestlers that are front row who you already kind of mentioned. And this is a kind of a crazy moment that you have Ric Flair, who at the time was the NWA champion, and you have Roddy Piper, who was in the WWF, Bruno San Martino, who I think was still in the WWF before he had his falling out with them for many years. Blassie was still in the WWF. Sheik Anano Casey, who I want to say was either in the AWA or World Class. World Class. So you had wrestlers from all these different promotions in this one movie, mm-hmm. which was kind of crazy That's at the time. Cool. But then, like, Kick starts playing. And like I said, Bruno San Martino is dancing. Ric Flair is trying to clap and not embarrass himself. Oh, that's the other thing. What? They were all clapping. <laughs> And all offbeat. It was... Oh, man. So going back to sound being dubbed and, like, things just being off. Yeah, you can obviously tell that whatever they were playing for the extras and the crowd was not whatever song Kick is playing in the movie. Because Tanya Roberts is clapping like... (laughs) Ric Flair's like... (laughs) The little shitty girl is like... Like, it, it's so bad. And they're all being shown at, like, the same time. Right. It's, like, one one shot. And then uh, the cannibals come out and start, like, uh, they, they start hurting themselves with the drum set. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, destroying kick stuff. And then, like, a riot breaks out. And the way the riot breaks out is some random guy just, like, runs up to Bruno San Martino, yells him. So Bruno just punches him in the face. And everyone just starts fighting in the crowd. It's like, what the fuck is happening? The politicians is are strangling the lawyers. It's ridiculous. Uh, Billy Barty beats up Charles Nelson Riley with his cane and thankfully doesn't call him the F word. So Chick Hearn has to come back in. And then finally the final match happens. And of course, the, the baby faces prevail. They're, they get handed the belts and them and uh, Harry celebrate for like 30 seconds. And then the movie just ends. Yeah. There's no like summation of anything he doesn't get like one final kiss with the girl you know rick doesn't hold up his was it his niece niece uh like you don't see like the bad guys where are her parents (laughs) they're dead uh the cannibals ate them 
uh, like you don't get like any like conclusion. It's just, well, we're out of time. So they won. Hooray. And it's like, that's body slam. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's fucking body slam. Yeah, that's appropriate. I'm so glad that like the wrestler exists now. And that's about it. In that like wrestling movies are like, why are they so hard to do? Kayfabe. I, I, I think... Then, sure. But now, like, you don't do a, a, a movie, a wrestling movie in kayfabe. You don't? No, you can't. You can't. Unless you, like, house it in this, like, world that, like, makes sense. But then at that point, it's going to be, like, science fiction. You or it's going it. to be... I'm good. Um, I, I think it's hard to do because of... The levels, you know, because you can't just have wrestling fans come to it. You have to have other things. Like, The Wrestler is a movie about wrestling, but it's also a compelling It has themes to it. (laughs) Right, it's like a compelling character piece and stuff like that. Wrestling is the dressing towards the the overall story. Whereas this is, wrestling is everything, and you have to come up with... Right. Plot and exactly drama right, and so comedy I, I that comes think, from and it, and I think it's hard to do as well because how many? Wh- when did wrestling start? Professional wrestling in this capacity, like in a televised or a uh, it was arena. one of the it was like one of the first sports that was on TV. Like you figure, like Gorgeous George and stuff was back sure. in like the fifties. Cool. Yeah, that's a long ass time. And how many professional wrestlers do you think has have there been? As guesstimating. I'm going to look at my WWE encyclopedia over here. Professional, maybe semi-professional, if there were some smaller circuits. Well, back then it was the territory era. Sure. But, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. That <laughs> face you just made when you corrected me. So, think about how many of those people there are, right? How many of these professional, semi-pro wrestlers, right? hmm And before, you, at the start of this podcast, you named four that were oh, the sure, tops sure. of the tops in terms of acting. acting. I but, think that's part of it. I think that's part of it because, I mean, there are only some... And we saw when we would watch, like, Tough Enough and things like that, the hardest part for a lot of these people to get is the promo. Yeah. Because that's the acting part. But that that's in, that's engaging an audience and having them like you. But I that doesn't necessarily of, mean so like any of these other wrestling movies besides this one. Like the best part of them aren't the wrestlers. Like this is an odd case where the wrestlers mm-hmm. are the best part of the movie the, because you have wrestlers like Roddy Piper being. But no, like so. There's other good wrestlers in the wrestler, but Mickey Rourke and Evan Rachel Wood or and Marissa Tomei are there. And no holds barred, Hulk Hogan and Tiny Lister suck, but Kurt Fuller is good. Um, right. I right. haven't seen Fighting with My Family, but by all intents and purposes, right, but according you didn't to Rich, Hulk Hogan, you didn't say Hulk Hogan was one of the top acting wrestlers. I, I think it's just because that that crossover is so rare. I don't blame, but I blame a lot of that on what producers and studios, like we kind of talked about for this, preconceive what wrestling fans are coming to watch and do. And that even still happens with wrestling today. Like if you watch a WWE uh, storyline play out, it's very much, mm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Roll your eyes and make, and make a, a noise or a face because... Like, they don't trust their fans to pay attention to nuance and listen and, and pay attention and develop, you know, a story. Well, not they, all you, the fans can be like you, baby. But but there is a, a large segment of them now, as AEW is a, is a testament to it, and that stories play out a, across YouTube and TV and social media, and the live crowd that's there and the fans that are watching are able to connect with it because it's well done, and you're treated with dignity and respect and a semblance of intelligence. And these movies don't do that. They're like, well, just give you, give them some loud noises and some some muscles and a lot of face paint and grunting, and that's all wrestling fans want, you know, right? No, like the best part of wrestling is the perfect combination of all that with storytelling and athleticism and pageantry and a little bit of silliness, like, and that doesn't happen in even. Look at how often wrestling's been used in, like, sitcoms or, you know, other, like, mediums. 
music videos, music, whatever it may be. There's, there's a stigma that comes with there's it. There's such a stigma to it. And this movie is like the epitome of it because it came in a time when on top of all that, they had to make it seem like it was fucking real. Right. <laughs> and this movie suffers for it. Like, I could, I, I could think this movie would be good if you did it, like, now. And <laughs> it's... Oh, no, 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 don't, don't make my... Don't, please don't make remake Body Slam. Unless <laughs> Roman Reigns is Tama, and that'd be great. Uh, Who would be the two, the two leaders? Uh, Rain. So Roman Reigns would be Tonga Tom, and Quick Rick Roberts would be... Uh, uh, fuck it, make it Cena. Yeah, like, I would, so he's Roman. All right, so let's make would, Roman. So let's flip flop. Or Rollins. Well, no. So let's make Nana. Too big. So let's make Tama, uh, Tonga Tom. I keep calling him Tama Tonga because his original name was Tama, and he's Tongan. Um, what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I would make Tonga Tom like the big baby face and have it be Roman because he'd crush it and kill it. And then like Quick Rick would be like the up and comer. Let's give that to like a. Uh, oh, let me think. If it's gonna be WWE production, we'll stay in the family. Let's do. Uh, it would be like Ricochet. I almost said Otis. Ricochet's mouth is stupid, so not Ricochet. Otis would be the fat wrestler <laughs> guy. Oh yeah, pretty lady, yeah. <laughs> um, no, let's do. Uh, well, you know what? They would be edgy. If you made it today, twenty twenty one, they'd be edgy, and they. I already would said have... it would be edge, and it's like I'm not talking about edge on this podcast until we watch Money Plane. No, but they would. They would want to be like cutting edge and they would they would probably make it like a mixed tag team oh so yeah it would be like like who, bailey like, like, like bailey or, or, yeah. or, or shana Sasha baszler banks is, Sasha banks is too famous now because oh, she, she ddt'd boba fett um <laughs> yeah that, like shana baszler if we're gonna keep i really gotta come up with the male answer to this i should have the male answer to this let's do dolph ziggler but I, like original dolph ziggler I don't want Dolph Ziggler on my wrestling show. I don't want him in a movie. Um, Man. Hold on. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Fuck. No, not him either. Woo, woo, woo. No, fuck him. He's an impact now. Hooray. So we'll never see him again. Uh, I didn't know that show was still on the air. Um, Fuck. Oh, I can't believe I asked you such a good question. I hate I this. Stumped this you. is one of the worst moments of my entire life. Well, who uh, would be? Who would be? Who would be the main character? The manager guy. Who would be? Well, you just get an actor for that. So let's get um. I don't but know. it has to be somebody. Paul who... Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Paul Giamatti, Roman Reigns, and fucking Kyle O'Reilly in Body Slam. <laughs> Done. And Tanya Roberts. She's still alive. Dig her up. All right, so we already named her the LVP. Who's the MVP of the movie? It's either Roddy Piper or Captain Lou to me. I was going to make a hard sell for Captain Lou just because of how good he was in those promos and how good he was as, like, a bad guy influence. But honestly, I'm also totally fine with Roddy Piper because... I just... He was just so charismatic. Like, you could, you would believe that he wasn't even a, a fucking wrestler. Right, right. All right, we're going Roddy Piper. Had I not known... Had I not known... I would have been like, oh, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's funny. He's genuine. Uh, yeah, he, he does the part well. He did not age well, though. Well, no. He, yeah, the wrestling business does some things to you. Well, just saying. Um, so my backup MVP would have been Captain Lou. I already talked about him. Uh, for backup LVP... Um, I would probably go Billy Barty just because that's not so much the character. He's just so the whole time and everything that he does to stop it. That's what happened. Uh, I feel like when you started in the Wizard of Oz. I honestly don't know how to feel about Dirk Benedict in this movie because that character is impossible. Is that looking in the mirror? Throw that at me. That shit out of here. I don't know where to go. Uh, of course, Dirk Benedict was face in the A-Team television show. Yeah, he's, he's so handsome. Um, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. You know? Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. For similarities, stop. Between what? Him and... You. I wasn't talking was talk about Bradley Cooper, who played face in the A-Team movie. What are you comparing me to face in the A-Team for? No, I was comparing you to this character in the movie. What are you comparing me to Harry Similac? Smilac? <laughs> Say Similac. Similac! Like <laughs> Daffy Duck. Because you're... Hey, get the symbol act over here. Oh, nope. That wasn't the impression either. 
What was that impression? I have no idea. I said it and I was like, hey, all right, maybe we got one in the tank. Then you, I think Toby was here. Toby will remember. And then I immediately said something and it was gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck, that's what happens. But uh, he, I mean, I would never make him LVP because he's trying his damnedest. And he's too doing, hard. He's trying too hard. Face. Um, but stop it. That's, well, that's you're going to be a concussion with this bottle of water. But it's just to no avail. Yeah. Uh, that character causes this movie to, to grind to a screeching halt over and over and yeah. over again. On top of the bad sound, the bad script, yeah. the bad acting. But I, I, I liked editing. some of the energies in the movie. When they did the rock and wrestling and stuff like that, like the energy of the crowd and of the, I know. Oh, it's an eighties movie. Like, <laughs> it's an eighties yeah, movie. Yeah, like for I sure. mean, like that brought it up for me a yeah. bit. But I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't like, I can't really like a movie that has three songs that that are called Body Slam. I think that's just a soundtrack. And a band called Kick. What I looked happened up, to the S. I looked up. Um, I looked up. Uh, like those, like if that was a band and it wasn't, those are just like actors, and like none of them have I IMDb pages. And yeah, I'm like, oh I man, like I would kill. You know, like two of them are probably being like, like at a bar in like Topeka. Like, yeah, but we were in Body Slam. We're kick. And the guy's like, yeah, it's great. We got to close up. Just uh, make sure you get the jizz off the floor. Um, Sounds appropriate. Yeah, you know. Uh, this is this is. Another one of those I love that as a kid movies it just has fallen in the scrap heap. Yeah, add it to the pile. <laughs> add it to the pile of we were stupid. I was a stupid fucking kid. Yeah. Oh boy, it's sad. It is sad. What else do you got on Body Slam? That's it. <laughs> Happy Royal Rumble. I mean, it- if we're like, what wrestling movies have we watched that, that have been good? We watched that Stone Age SmackDown Flintstones movie. We, uh, I mean, Russell Madness, the dog wrestling movie, wouldn't have been better here. I think that we should just stop watching wrestling movies. Never. We didn't know it was bar. One day we'll watch The Wrestler. One day we'll watch. Uh, yeah, they name all the others. I just bought that new one, Choke Slam, which looks bad. <laughs> I will own every wrestling movie, and we will watch it on the podcast before uh, before this podcast ends, when our life ends in oh uh, twenty minutes, twenty minutes to sixty years. I nominated it, so you will score it first. What is your score for Body Slam? Three. I'm also giving it a three. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good, a good, good, nice score for it. It would have been higher had there had there been more players other than. Uh, Roddy and, and Tonga, Tonga, Tonga Kid. Tom, I Sam, I'm calling him Sam because that's his real name. They had like nine hundred name. He had like nine hundred names just in this movie alone. Uh, yeah, if you just were able to like fine tune some of the scenes to be a little bit more more coherent and have and some if it kind was of like a more cohesive storyline. Yeah, there are so many offshoots, and you had arcs. Like if you were able to like. Like, Close see Harry's up. change, or, like, find out what really makes Rick tick, or, you know, like, get get a sense of anything, then, like, it probably would have been, like, a five. Like, it would have been, like, okay, yeah. you know, it's mindless fun, because it is, pre- it's very mindless, and it is fun in some points, but the Hollywood side let the wrestling side down, and that's why Body Slam is a three, and it is now in the books. That was my nominated movie. Next week, we'll be watching The Incredibles 2. The week after that, I can go ahead and announce um, that we are going to be doing our first of two um, terrible listener slash family slash friend purchased movies. You know, if uh, you purchase a movie for us, um, slide into my DMs and let me know. Uh, can you stop telling people slide that you your want DMs, to please? send us a movie and I'll send you the address please? so you can send it to us? No. Um, so we were purchased by your mother for Christmas yeah. in my stocking. Mom. I don't know where she bought it. It's from like a, a dollar store station. or a gas station. No, my mom doesn't pump her own it gas. It is no, a comic book horror movie called Scrawl, starring Daisy Ridley of Star Wars fame. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks bad, but the rules are if it gets bought for us, we watch it. So it immediately goes in the queue. 
Great. So we'll have The Incredibles 2, then we'll have Scrawl, then we'll have The Fan, which we drew last week. Then we will have our winners for the Mullet Awards, um, which you have as of, as of right now four weeks to continue voting on, arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets. And then we will get to your nomination. So Samantha, go ahead and tell me what two movies you're going to nominate. And I will decide which one we will be watching. Okay, well, I the guess first weekend in March. Since you know we were talking about wrestlers in movies, mm-hmm. you know, I it's hard for me to pick movies, so I'm just gonna do these two. We mentioned these wrestlers, and they're movies that I wanted to see that I don't think we had the chance. Well, I saw one, haven't okay. seen the other one, and I don't think that they're on the can pick list. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Trainwreck. Okay. Uh, which has John Cena in it. Yes, let me double check. Hold which on. I don't think I've nominated. Uh, I do not see it, so you should be okay. Yes. And the other one is uh, Hotel Artemis. Ooh. Also don't think that I nominate, but has Batista, Batista who we've talked is oh, one of the uh, one, of, one of the top acting wrestlers to break out um, that we've seen here. So I thought that that, that would be good. And I've been wanting to see it. We really wanted to see it when it came out. We just m- didn't have a chance. And it wasn't in theaters long, and I don't know how good it was. Um, hmm. But we've seen Trainwreck. We have. You know. But you forgot LeBron's in Trainwreck. I'm going Trainwreck. God dang. <laughs> I have to go Trainwreck here. Also because I'm just fearful that Hotel Artemis is probably not going to be any good. Yeah, but how will we know until we watch it? Well... Maybe we'll watch it another time, but I want to watch... Actually, just thinking about how obnoxious I was going to be on <laughs> whenever we got to a LeBron movie, <laughs> so... You could be obnoxious, because we'll talk about... It. Hey, when is this coming out? The first weekend of March? Yes. One of the NBA Finals? June. Oh, okay. I don't know. I feel like we just had the Finals, and now there's more basketball. Also, be a nice little, uh, we have, like, some, some, so, Incredibles and Scrawl, both kind of, like, comic book movies, and The Fan and Trainwreck, like, sports movies. <coughs> so, you know, we're going to have a nice little, nice little area, spot there of mm, theming. Theming. Mm-hmm. Theming. Better theming than Body Slam. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married With Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeo. At Jam With Your dot- Sam on Instagram, please. I have a list in my agenda of all the times I interrupt you. I have to make sure I do it every day. Not during the fucking main plugs. God. Damn it! <laughs> Arcadeo.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe. The podcast you listen to, tell your friends, and then tell them to ignore the fucking crazy woman that keeps in fucking interrupting the fucking plugs. Patreon.com slash Arcadeo to help put food... And money in our child's mouth. Well, not she doesn't eat money. But, like, puts money in our pockets so we can give her food. Ah! <laughs> Bonus content there. One of those episodes might just be beating her up at this point. Not the daughter. My wife. That's not better. <laughs> give me money so you can listen. I was to like, Miss Clue. Give me money. I'll beat up my wife. That's boring. <laughs> See? Just don't fucking interrupt my plugs and nothing bad will happen. Oh man, this is Arcadeo.net slash podwoggle. Pod... Come on, break your fucking foot. This is the last week of podswoggle. Maybe ever. When I'm in fucking jail and I can't do the thing anymore. Royal Rumble Pick'ems airing tomorrow. Royal Rumble this Sunday. Have fun. Why are you so angry? Because you piss me off. I'm just playing around, man. Don't play around here. <laughs> this is business. It's my house. My couch. This is my life. <laughs> Do you have anything to promote? No. no, you have a shitty, boring life. <laughs> <laughs> Jam with your Sam on Instagram. Right? Did I get that right? Yes. Cool, 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 cool. I don't even remember what plugs I did and did not say. Facebook, Twitter, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com. I haven't said those the past two fucking weeks because of your horse shit. Also, check out uh, Mullet's Instagram show, Box and Friends. 
At your host mullet 38? It's really funny when I'm on it. Said nobody ever about oh. any project of yours. Oh, I have a lot of fans. You have two. Four. What is a lot in your dictionary? More than yours. No, I meant like the fuck. Never mind. Do you have anything else? I already said no. <laughs> mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Watch the movies. You have to project a little. They can't hear you when you talk so low. And you should enunciate when you speak. Why do you look like you have Bell's palsy when you say the word enunciate? I want to make sure you understand me. Watching your mouth move in (laughs) close up. Is honestly like watching Please. a sinkhole open. Don't look at me. <laughs> oh God! You finally gave me permission. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? End the show. This but was so can... good, what? and you fucked it up. Man. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.